Welcome to the Strategy Driven Leadership Conversation. Relational Leadership, the Building Blocks of Trust, Part 2 of 2. On behalf of the entire Strategy Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this edition of the Strategy Driven Leadership Conversation. Relational Leadership, the Building Blocks of Trust, Part 2 of 2. Strategy-driven leadership conversations focus on the values and behaviors characteristics of highly effective leaders. Complementing the strategy-driven management and leadership articles, these conversations examine the real-world challenges managers face every day that aren't easily solved with a new or redesigned process and instead demand the application of soft leadership skills to achieve a positive outcome. In this episode, Frank McIntosh, author of The Relational Leader, a revolutionary framework to engage your team, shares with us his insights on how to establish and maintain trust between an organization's executives, managers, and employees, the foundation without which no organization can be truly successful. And so now, without any further delays, let's get started. Is there any type of organization that can survive even with a very low level of trust, maybe because it's small or the function is very basic? I don't know. Maybe it's a totalitarian situation. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think, uh, sure, it can function, you know. Uh, but not probably very well and not likely that it will achieve its goals or long-term objectives. Uh, it's just, you know, I just don't believe an organization can exist for long when trust is not uh, at least being worked on, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, yeah. Uh, say, hey, come on, let's work on this. Let's. And, and, and so then, then people have the sense that you care enough about it that you'd like to see something different happen, you know. Even sure. If, so, so maybe I can pull pull together for that, but after time, it just drains you. Right? I mean, if you you've been perhaps in a situation where you don't trust the person that you're, you're dealing with, I know I had a couple of jobs like that. I, you know, it was you're constantly wor- not worrying necessarily, although you could, but you're constantly questioning everything. That's draining. It does. That's not positive. And you can't stay there. So if enough of that's going on, then, you know, the organization can have to fail. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I've been there in the past, and it does. It saps the life out of you. Mm-hmm. you. You can't sleep at night, so you get physically tired. But just the mental, emotional state of always having that nagging feeling or that worry, that paranoia sometimes maybe, just drains you. And, and the creativity and the energy you have to, to do your work. And performance and productivity goes down, as we talked about before. And, and the situation seems to always spiral downward. It, it just never gets better. Right. Great. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, probably for a little bit, but not for long. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, Frank, in the articles you've written, you present 10 key building blocks of trust. I was wondering if you could briefly describe those building blocks. Sure. Um, consistency is is uh, near, very near the top. They're all important. Uh, and I try not to put them in kind of rank order, but, but consistency is really very important because that means that, and as we talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's negative, at least I know what it is. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm going to be able to adjust to that. Right? So consistency is very important. If you're, you know, one of those uh, ADHD or whatever they call them, uh, people that are jumping around all the time, um, no one knows what to expect, and therefore they can't trust you. Uh, so expectation is important. Predictability is important. Consistency is is vital. Um, uh, fairness and uh, fairness, uh, and we've talked about fairness before. And fairness isn't just I get my way. Thank you. Uh, fairness is that that I had the opportunity to be heard, uh, and and uh, I was treated uh, properly. Uh, people uh, listened to me. They heard my side of the argument, and they said no. This is what it is, and here's why. Uh, that's uh, that's what fairness is about, and just just making sure that that uh, uh, people uh, are respected and so on. So fairness is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say something, you actually do it. You know? uh, so aligning your words and actions are 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 vital. And we so often will hear people say blah 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 blah. Well, you, well I'll tell a, a, a uh, a personal story, uh, which I think it illustrates the point. Uh, I remember uh, years and years ago, uh, my children were very young at the time, and I had received as a Christmas present uh, a radar detector. Ah, okay. I was, thought it was pretty neat, and yeah. put it in, put it in my uh, car. Uh, I had a LeBaron coupe at the time, and I like to tool around with that. Uh, and uh, so the children off were wondering what this new device was. <laughs> what is that, Daddy? And so all of a sudden it hit me. What do I? How do I answer that question? Yeah. So, uh, so I said, "Well, it's uh, it's a radar detector, girls." <laughs> <laughs> well, what is that, Daddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it isn't going anywhere. Uh, well, it's a radar detector detects radar. What do you think? Oh, I'm busy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I thought I found myself in a position that I had to tell them, uh, oh, well, I would either tell them that I was evading the law, right? Uh, right. Or, uh, you know, uh, or lie, <laughs> and of course the lie would only last for a little bit. And sooner or later, uh, they would figure find out what that meant. So um, I tried to hold uh, the kids and everyone really to a high standard of morality, etc. And uh, so I had to take the radar detector out of the car. Yeah, and that was uh, that was that. So aligning your words and actions, uh, admitting and correcting mistakes, 
Boy, you know, I sometimes people will admit they made a mistake, but they won't do anything about it. Right. Uh, and and uh, and there's a lot of times they won't admit it, and certainly won't do anything about it. Uh, or sometimes they'll they'll it, you know not admit it but correct it on the side. All of those are not very helpful. Although the last one is probably the best of the three. Um, but having the courage to stand up and say I made a mistake, I'm sorry. I and, and here's what we're going to do about it. Uh, boy, does that send a message. Uh, mm-hmm. Encouraging ideas. Um, you don't have a just because you're the leader. You don't have a corner on all the ideas in the history of the world, or in the history of your business group. Uh, it is important uh, to get ideas from others, and and then when you do get ideas from, and you encourage them to give them, give you their thoughts, and uh, then let them, to the extent that it's possible, let them kind of run with it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the results from that can be uh, not only helpful in terms of uh, business productivity, but it'll certainly reinforce uh, the trust factor. Uh, celebrating uh, is is uh, another factor and a very important one. Um, but celebrating everyone's accomplishments, not just the the big time hitters that got the big order in. Uh, sure. I'm, yeah, I mean, geez. The, the the little people did a lot to get that big order. Celebrate with them to get them to understand that they're part of this team and what they did uh, is 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 very important. And what you know what the big thing was wouldn't happen without what they did. And and to do it in such a way that it makes them feel not only recognized but uh, uh, recognized in a way that was meaningful. Uh, to them, uh, boy, just have some fun. Let your hair down once in a while. It, most of us aren't doing work that you know. It's not always world peace, right? So most of what we're doing uh, can be serious, and there's a time for seriousness, but there's also a time to have fun and you know reduce the stress. Do something different once in a while. Enjoy yourself. Uh, take somebody out and. To the, uh, you have a discussion. I used to every now and again up here in, in Delaware. We have some beautiful uh, facilities uh, that the Dupont family left for us uh, culturally, mm-hmm. and you know, had a big discussion. I would uh, be known to take somebody out to Longwood Gardens or or Winter and and uh, you know walk through the gardens and talk about the issues there. Yeah, uh, different, uh, a different kind of fun. But certainly, yeah, you know, fun. Uh-huh. Uh, so, connecting and caring with people—that uh, certainly is a, a very good way to build trust. Uh, listening and observing what, what, and recognizing that people don't leave their life behind them when they walk in the front door. Uh, it's uh, so important. Or, to know that and to uh, appreciate that that folks um, have another life and that life is very important to them and what's going on in it can and will uh, frequently uh, affect what's going on in the office. And for you uh, to recognize that and help them work through it. Uh, sure. 
Yeah. So we say, oh, keep your business life and your personal life separate, right? That's yeah. bull. Uh, just, uh, yeah, hard. that never works. <laughs> you might say, it, well, I, I do that, right? <laughs> and you try <laughs> to get the deepest voice you have, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's poppycock. Anyway, that happen. So show that you care. Uh, you want people that are relational. You want people that care about other people. Well, hire people that are like that, right? Mm-hmm. Don't hire the demons, right? Let right. somebody else have them, right? Uh, and, you know, hire people that are relational and be very careful about how you do it. Uh, and, 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 and then uh, finally uh, employ the uh, golden rule. Uh, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. And, and uh, uh, so that the summation of that and, and to the extent that you can do all of that uh, together, then uh, you you have uh, built an organization and you that is uh, trust trustworthy and uh, you'll reap the benefits of it. Yeah, and, and I think it's probably important for folks to understand and and I particularly like number four, the admit and correct mistakes, yeah. is that we're not we're not perfect, so we're not going to be perfect all the time, and we're going to fall down. But it's important to admit when we fall down and then correct the mistakes we make. And that's all part of the trusting environment. Well, it makes you, I mean, sometimes if you're, you know, people get all puffed out when they're the boss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you're so good that you can admit that you're not always perfect, right? but you will always correct what you do that's wrong, you really have then reason to be puffed out. Plus, yeah. people that are like that generally don't worry about that. So, yeah. uh, it, it is very important. Yeah, Frank, I did want to probe on one item a little bit further, and that was the employ the golden rule. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a little bit on strategy driven, particularly as we see the workforce in the workplace becoming more diverse. And that is, and, and I, I'll admit, I tend to subscribe. To, uh, to this is that I've started to replace the golden rule with what I believe has been called the platinum rule, and that is treat others the way they want to be treated instead of the golden rule, which is, of course, treat others the way you would like to be treated. And I was wondering if you might add your thoughts to the debate between the golden rule and the platinum rule. Mm. Well, uh, to some degree, it becomes a semantic difference. Uh, if you're dealing with reasonable, honest people, mm-hmm. uh, there may not be much of a difference between the two definitions, really. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about it, though, with the golden rule, you, uh, the leader, are the one that's, in fact, setting the standard. So how would you like to be treated? And the assumption is that you would apply the guidelines that are are acceptable and desirable for all. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what else is true, you have control over what's going on because you've set the standard. Right. Now, if you um, change that standard to how would you like to be treated, uh, if the standard shifts that way, um, well... You could be opening a can of worms, 
what what uh, what if that meant? Uh, well, we don't want to be accountable. Accountability is your job, not mine. I'll do what I can do, and if it doesn't get us where we want to be, well, sorry, I did my best. You're the one that's accountable. That's what I want. Um, in this case, you've given up control because you put it in the hands of those being led. Um, and I like to think that people have the right of input. Uh, here are the, the things that we value. What can you do with that? Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that. And if it's within a value structure, then okay, I'm all right with that. However, it is the leader in the end who must make the decisions um, to what is acceptable behavior uh, to the degree possible. And, and um, it's, uh, it's sort of like fairness. Just because you think it's fair, uh, it's fair if, if I get my way, um, then that's not necessarily fair. Yeah. Um, sure, sure. Uh, so uh, it might be. Maybe your way is the fair way, uh, but but it might not be. I think you open yourself up to something. Uh, I think it's worth exploring. I mean, you certainly want to do what people want, right? Ultimately, mm-hmm. so I get that, and I agree with that. Um, but um, within some reason, some sense of reason, there, it it, it may not work the way uh, you you would like it to. Um, and if you open yourself up to it, you're kind of committed to it. So sure. uh, uh, that's, uh, I, I think that it, it, it depends upon the group of people you're working with uh, mm-hmm. to some degree. Uh, and the larger the group, the uh, more challenging it's going to be. Yet at the same time, you don't want to be um, uh, doing things that nobody has any value for. So you have to measure, yes. you know, uh, whether or not what you're doing, if you're employing the golden rule, if you will, uh, is, 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 does anybody have any value for what you value? No. If they don't, somebody's in the wrong place. Right. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> it probably is you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that would be my answer. Okay. Okay. So, Frank, to tie everything together now, what role does relational leadership play in establishing trust throughout the organization? Well, it's it's the primary function of leadership. Uh, um, I'll trust the leader can't lead. So that's just what has to be done. Okay. So go do it. So if... If you could describe what trust looked like in an organization, if you walk into an organization and you get that impression, hey, this organization has a great deal of trust for each other, what are the outward things that you would see that would give you that impression? I think you'd see people uh, who are enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. You'd get a sense, a feeling of uh, this group, has it together. They they uh, um, they seem to like each other. They seem to work well. It's like a it's like a well oiled machine. It, you turn it on and it goes and it, and it goes well. Uh, you would see people who are able to speak openly right about uh-huh. things. Uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, without fear. Uh, you wouldn't hear a lot of raised voices. Uh, you'd have a sense that uh, uh, that people are being trusted to do the right things. You would uh, you just see a uh, an organization that seems to function seamlessly, and you could feel that. You know, and I, I'll bet, and, and I know I've, I've experienced it, you walk in the door, you just get that sense. You get it from the receptionist, if there happens to be one there, because of the way that receptionist treats you. And then you see how, uh, by observing how the people uh, work together. Um, and, and again, it's, it's something that, um, that, that it's just, it, it's a feeling of, of, uh, that this group cares about each other, they trust each other, they know where they're going, and they're going to get there. Right. So. As you were describing that, I mean, I, I can see a, a meeting taking place, and it's kind of the difference between constructive and destructive conflict. In the constructive case, the, the trusting environment, you have people probing and asking questions and presenting scenarios and and trying to make more robust the solution they're pursuing. And in the destructive environment, people might actually be attacking each other for their opinions rather than challenging the recommendation itself. They're actually going after the person. They're resistive, clearly not open to receiving any other outside ideas or ways of doing things. Yeah, and, and and all that stuff is is very visible. You get that sense, like you said, right when you first enter the building, if that's going on, because it's embedded. I find in in the actions of everybody and how they deal with each other and work together in an organization. Uh, that, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a sense. You just feel it, and uh, uh, and it's obvious. It it wouldn't be obvious here. Just like the opposite is obvious, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you you see. People that just don't care. They don't care about each other. And they, they exhibit that. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, not that hard to see. Yeah. Except some people don't want to see what they don't want to see. So, you know. Yeah, well, that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if, if I say it doesn't exist, then it doesn't exist. Well, that's, you know, also bold. So, uh, yeah. uh, because it does exist, and until you until you figure it out, you'll have an organization that will take advantage of the recession, uh, you know, going away and new vibrant businesses coming along, and they will leave you. Mm-hmm. They'll leave you in droves. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, the worst thing you can do is turn a blind eye mm-hmm. to trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Frank, I want to thank you not only for sharing your time, but your insights on building trust between the organization's executives, managers, and employees. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation again, and more importantly, I do hope our listeners will put into practice the key principles that you've shared with us during this and our previous conversations and the many articles that you've shared with us that we've published on the Strategy Driven website so that they too can build a positive, reinforcing workplace environment founded on trust that attracts and retains the best employees. So thank you again for joining us. 
It was a real pleasure, Nathan. I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Strategy Driven Leadership Conversation. I would like to personally thank Frank McIntosh for being with us today and sharing his insights on how to build trust between executives, managers, and employees. As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider voting for us on Podcast Alley and visiting our website at www.strategydriven.com. You can find more information about Frank McIntosh and his book, The Relational Leader, at www.fjmacintosh.com. Until next time, so long.